0: You're listening to the Jeff Fisher Show.
1: The founder of this company ten years ago was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who was selling his house, the founder of this uh, this company, he's you know he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, "If this is what it's like for us." There's got to be a better way. There is. Realestateagentsitrust.com There has never been a time
2: of greater promise or greater peril. When I go down the headlines of where we're headed, robotically, and virtual reality world, I know there's a line between the two but they're both walking down the same road. When you look at some of the headlines that we have talked about, robots taking jobs, killer robots. In November, we talked about the sexy robot that was displayed. We talked about robots taking jobs. Machines could put more than half the world's population out of a job in the next 30 years. According to a computer scientist who said that artificial intelligence threat to the economy should not be understated. Expert Mashivardi Vardi told the American Association for the Advancement of Science, We're approaching a time when machines will be able to outperform humans at almost any task. Society needs to confront this question before it is upon us. Maybe late, too late. If machines are capable of doing almost any work that humans can do, what will humans do? Physicist Stephen Hawking and tech billionaires Bill Gates and Elon Musk issued a similar warning last year. Hawking warned that AI could spell the end of the human race, and Musk said it represents our biggest existential threat. Vardy predicted that driving will be almost fully automated in the next 25 years and as for all the benefits of the technology, what can humans do when machines can do almost everything? He predicted that automation's effect on unemployment would have huge political consequences and lamented that leaders have largely ignored it. We're in the presidential election year and this issue is just nowhere On the radar screen. Humanity is about to face perhaps its greatest challenge ever, which is finding meaning in life after the end of In the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread. We need to rise to the occasion and meet this challenge. Walking the line between the pessimists and the optimists. Martin Ford, author of Rise of the Robots, Technology and the Threat of a Jobless Future, suggested that automation will come down to politics, telling National Geographic that if scientists and governments don't address the issue, for lots of people who are not economically at the top, it's going to be pretty dystopian. But all that news. And we have, we have the headlines of robots taking all the jobs, right? And in fact, in this particular story that you talk about robots uh, leaving half the world unemployed, uh, it talks about, it's not going to matter, physically powerful machines that outperform human laborers, but rather a contest between human wit and mechanical intelligence and strength. In China, this story was from February, in China, the question has already affected thousands of jobs as electronic manufacturers, Foxconn, and Samsung among them, develop precision robots to replace human workers. Okay. That in February. We know about, uh, when you think about robots taking jobs, we see it all the time in the automotive industry. And we see, you've seen the videos at uh, the Amazon warehouses and any warehouse across America now that have, uh, you know, the robots uh, picking up packages and delivering them to the trucks. But in China, they actually had robots as servers, drones. Three restaurants that had just robots serving people have now engaged in mass robot firings, which would mean just shutting them off. Two formerly robot-employing restaurants have closed down entirely, and the remaining one has fired all but one of their non-human staff members. (laughs) (laughs) The boss and his compatriots originally hired the droids to save money. After an upfront investment, robot workers are much less expensive than humans because they don't actually have to pay them. And they anticipated uh, that it would draw thousands of customers because of the robot servers. But even the hippest, cheapest worker isn't worth it if it can't do the job. The robots weren't able to carry soup or other food steady. One of their uh, one of their co-workers talked about it can't take orders or pour hot water for customers. Huh. So we've got a little ways... To go before that, right? Right. Now, one of the things that we all think is either weird or good are the sex robots, right? I mean, that actually is what is leading this revolution. Now, the military robots... The serving robots, the work robots are all there, and they all talk about it, and they all are big news, and, yes, we love using it, and we love talking about uh, the the military robots, the killer robots, how are they going to do it. Countries all over the world are trying to stop the most powerful countries from using robots and using robots to take over other countries and fight each other. But the sex robots are what everybody really is all wound up about. We talked about the November sexy robot displayed. Well, now they're doing studies about this is now you have the robots that they're so happy about the sexy robot displayed. But when you see it, you think Uh, maybe not so much and we talked about the robots that have the heaters in the chest that warm up I mean they're almost robotic sex dolls really just you know put a battery in them and they call them a robot but they really are trying to make it as human as possible. And it's kind of weird. When I saw the story about uh, arousal touching robots, it showed how they're working on developing the robots so that it makes it close to human. And it is really kind of, I don't know, weird when you watch the video and i'll I'll tweet it out at jeffy mra and uh, facebook at jeff fisher radio uh, you'll see that when they have the robot well you know what i'm going to play the video and you can listen to the audio of the video but when you watch the video with the audio uh when you uh, click on the link you'll see that when they touch it they don't It's just it's just a quick tap it's not really a It's not really a touch like you would think of a touch on another human being. It's just a tap. And yet, they still talk about the arousal from the humans. We'll see. But here's the audio from the video of the testing of touching the robot.
0: The experiment consisted of instructions spoken by the robot followed by 26 trials. Each trial had three parts. The robot asks the participant to touch it, the participant touches it, and the robot teaches the participant the medical term for that body part. Hello. In this exercise, we'll be thinking about vocabulary for parts of the body. Sometimes I'll ask you to touch my body, and sometimes I'll ask you just to point to my body. When I ask you to touch me, please touch me with your dominant hand. When I ask you to point at me, please point at me with your dominant hand. Please keep your other hand on the sensor. Okay, let's get started. Oh boy. Please touch my hand.
2: See, I need to just this the tap. This is the hand.
0: It is referred to as the carpal region. We repeated this process with
2: thirteen body parts.
0: Please touch my ear.
2: Let's tap the ear.
0: This is the ear. It is referred to as the auric region.
2: It's all include body parts about body low accessibility like the buttocks.
0: Please touch my buttocks. Touch. This is the buttocks. It is referred to as the gluteal region. Physiological arousal was inversely related to body accessibility.
2: Uh-huh. But your body is just touching a robot. Okay, mm-hmm. Thank you. We've got a little ways to go, but they're definitely, definitely trying. And one of the things that will help move this along, uh, on my Facebook page, uh, a friend, uh, one of the people who, you know I see their posts, uh, posted on his Facebook page, being in charge of the hiring at my job has taught me a few things. One, millennial worth work ethic blows. Two, everyone walks around with a phone glued to their effing hand and ear at all times, except when an employment opportunity comes knocking. Three, younger people have zero sense of how to dress, show up on time, or conduct themselves during an interview. Please be better at this, millennials. Don't be everything that people are saying you are. In the opening session of the World Economic Forum's meeting in Davos this past January, founder and executive chairman Klaus Schwab said, We must develop a comprehensive and globally shared view of how technology is affecting our lives and reshaping our economic, social, cultural, and human environments. There has never been a time of greater promise or greater peril.
0: This is the Jeff Fisher show on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: The founder of this company 10 years ago was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this uh, this company He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and, kind, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is their word is their bond and they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through Real Estate Agents I Trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Real Estate agents, I Trust, dot com.